0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome to the Clarent and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Robinson. I'm joined by Matt Kendrick and James Rushton. How are you both? i better. <laughs>
1: yeah, a that? bit miserable.
0: <laughs> bit
2: miserable, bit flat. Trying to plug yeah. in my computer
0: before it loses its charge. So carry on. Talk about yourself. <laughs> okay, good stuff. I'm disappointed, annoyed. Angry, upset, whatever word you want to chuck in there for for overall disappointment. Um, what's the matter,
1: hon? What's what's up? What's happened? <laughs> on oh, <the laughs> football.
0: I've that for a there. Um, she doesn't have a, a Midlands men accent, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. My um, mom's really
2: gruff <laughs>
0: <yeah>. and bald. <laughs> nah, I'm moving on. That's i my face now, at least. So let's just go with that. Um, yeah, awful, awful tonight. Um I think the caption for this on Facebook is is just dreadful. Um is that the is that the worst we've been this season, do you think? I don't know, you
2: know. I think listen, so, far be it for me to be the um the voice of reason and the and the positive positive little fairy. Um but it was flat, but we still. And I know they've got ten men, so it makes it even worse. And I know the bottom of the league and the destined for the championship, so it makes it even worse, even worse. But I think it was just finishing. Well, it wasn't just finishing, but finishing was a massive, massive part of it tonight because Watkins has been a crossbar away from from scoring. John McGinn should have should have hit the target. Um... Try all oh, right after his dancing again. feet have gone through the defence should have hit the target. Cons has just turned into Dennis Bergkamp or something <laughs> towards the end with that that touch and volley. It's the only real time they worked Ramsdale, wasn't it? Um, oh. But yeah, I think that that's probably as many as many positives as I can clutch for. So if you want want the inquest to to really get going, let's let crank up our it was.
0: Colin Jones. Yeah.
1: Bad one. I think the worst thing I can say is like how predictable it could have been. As well, it was. You know, if you say Wednesday night Villa away at Sheffield United, Sheffield United get an, you know a goal in the first half, then they get a player sent off. What happens? Well, that happens. You know, mm. you could have asked any Villa fan, and uh, they come out of that. So I think it's just the fact that Villa weren't able to kind of get over your expectations and score that goal, or you know. Get a free kick and that beats the first man, oh. or threaten, or you know make make chances without Grealish because or finish chances without Grealish. I know he's not finishing his his own chances he makes himself, but you know the lack of dynamite in that team without him is it, it's startling. It is a almost a day and night difference. I know we can compare the win against you know Leeds with that and say, look, we were not not with Grealish there, but that's where you you miss him. It was in, a different in, in, game, in, wasn't it? It's, it's a different game, yeah, and. We had the it was similar at the start of the season, um, against Sheffield United of course that they got a player sent off, kind of shut down a bit. Um difficult, difficult game for us to get that conzer goal at the end. But you know, the shoot was on the other foot. This time it's just frustrating that we aren't making the changes early. And I know mm-hmm. we're removed from that situation, but it just seems like everyone wanted the second striker to come on. Everyone wanted the changes in midfield to happen. You see on Twitter, I know we're all armchair fans, but you see the changes being like telegraphed. And it's like when Sheffield United got their players sent off, when uh, Jackie Alka walked, the change was instant. They made a change and reacted to the situation. And we were like second guessing it or something. I don't know. It was, it was odd, frustrating. And I'm mad and
0: disappointed. <laughs> Well, come on to the tactics and the the personnel in a minute. There's loads of comments coming through, seem, seemingly more so than usual, and there's not as many viewers as usual, so people are clearly all right with what they've just seen. But a few people saying, fair play to Sheffield United. Yeah. Are we being a bit too harsh there, or, or, or do we have to give some respect to them and say they've done a job there? Because at no. the moment, maybe in reflection I'll look back at it and go, yeah, fair play, they did this, they did that. Right now, I think I almost just watched the ball go past him, they've scored a goal and not really offered anything else. I wouldn't say fair play, United. I think they, they did a good job, especially with their goal. It's a plan executed and
1: that's a thing with, with you know Villa is you can see all the planning but less of the execution. And with Sheffield United, their, their move, the cross-box cross, cross box ball and McGoldrick taking a gamble, it's like a plan that's executed. So you have to give fair play. They, sh- they shut down for good reason because they, they lost a, a centre-back. They shut down and executed a new plan. So fair play to them. Their, their goal was great. It was good. Yeah, one of our players switched off but you can't take it away from Sheffield United. They... Uh, they took their chance, they gambled, they, they played like a team with something to play for. And they do have something to play for, which is, which is so annoying.
0: See, I agree to a certain extent. I think the crossfield ball for McGoldrick to, to start a move was, was excellent. But then he runs from the halfway line right up until the six-yard box with no one tracking him. If someone tracks him or realises he's there, that move that we've just seen is, a, is an outfield ball and a cross that's cleared away. And we're not saying anything about it. It's only the fact it's gone in the back of the net. We're going, yeah, good move. Um, so yeah, there's a few people coming through saying, yeah, fair play to them. They've, they've done well, but phew, I don't know. Maybe I'm just in the heat at the moment. I don't really see it that way. I see it as Villa being poor. Well, why Villa lost tonight? Not that Sheffield United were good.
2: It was a that, it was a shocking it was a shocking goal to give away for a defence that prides itself on being one of the best in the division. And it wasn't just it wasn't just Al Mahamedi who switched, no, no, no. switched off. I think I think McGoldrick's sprayed spray the ball out wide and I think he's gone past on the blind side of McGinn. I think he's gone on the blind side of, of Nakamba. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's 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 unforgivable, really, that somebody hasn't thought to, like you say, shepherd him out, shepherd it, shepherd it out of play because it would have just been that. It wasn't as if kind of Sheffield United... And neither would you expect them to, but it wasn't as if they were banging on the door and, and hammering, hammering at our goal. And eventually, we succumbed. It exactly, was yeah. just—it was a lapse of concentration that, that should have been better. And I actually think it came—it came at a really, really silly time because Villa had. I thought Villa started really slow. You know, Smith's spoken in the last couple of games about the last mm. couple of days about how he's been pleased with how they burst out the blocks, particularly when they took the lead at, at Leeds. But I thought Villa were really slow and sluggish and, and Sheffield United. So It was a strange pep talk from Chris Wilder um, ahead of the game, could have almost been resigned to the championship. But the commentator, the commentator said that he, he possibly took, took the pressure off yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um,
0: when it, as soon as he said that, I was like, I know what's going to happen now. <laughs> Yeah, but it was. I thought Villa had come back. I thought after 10,
2: 10, 15 minutes, I thought Villa, Villa looked the the brighter team and, and, and looked like they recovered from a sluggish start and looked like they were going to going to slowly, you know, crank up the pressure and, and take the lead themselves. So that goal was just it was just a, a gift for Sheffield United because it gave them something to properly properly get stuck into and to and to hang on to.
0: I think as much as Elmo is the final piece of that puzzle for the goal, as well, that it's him that kind of lets the ball go past him. He kind of stands there and thinks, So this is going wide. I'm going to let it roll out for a goal kick. Yes, that's his fault, but it's also a team effort. Surely someone shouts him and says, Or recognise Emmy Martinez must recognise that there's a runner just come through. Or do you know what I mean? There should be more awareness in that penalty area that McGoldrick's just run 40 yards through, not just that Elmo switched off for a second.
2: Somebody's got to have a better... Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse the players no, who, so. who let him go. I'm not trying to excuse Al mohamedy McGinn or Nakambo, I think he was. But there's another four or five players around them who are going to have a better view of that. Because, yeah. like, say he's stolen stole on their blind side and you've got your centre-halves who should be should be pulling people into place. You've got your goalkeeper who's got a clear view of the whole picture. who should be pulling people into place. So... We said it before, haven't we? It's kind of collective collective responsibility, you know, villa win together, villa lose together. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just limp and lame and predictable and laboured and not the kind of villa we've come to expect.
0: Yeah, it's funny because saying all that and being a bit defensive around me and saying it's a team effort, it only takes one of them during that run from a goal to quickly glance over their shoulder and they see it and stop that and it's not a goal. So it's just a schoolboy, that whole goal is the the point there and it's a silly goal to give away. Um, But there's still the rest of the game to get back into it and Villa did try and knock down the door. We had a few chances. We should have done better with a few of them. But ultimately, you lose 1-0 and it's just... I don't know whether it's the fact that Sheffield United that makes it a little bit more disappointed that they've had 11 points all season. They're destined to go down regardless of, of tonight. And Chris Wilder's pretty much team talk. They, they know they're going down. The pressure was off them a little bit. They've got the goal, won the game. Happy days for them. I just feel this is one of those games you look at in the fixture list and go, should be a definite three points Then We move on to, to Wolves at the weekend. And I know football doesn't work like that, but it should. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We We should have won tonight. (laughs) I know, you can't always win, but it's just extra frustrating. Maybe in a few days we'll all calm down, but as of right now, post-match, the game finished 20 minutes ago, I'm very frustrated. Yeah, I think that's the main emotion, isn't it? And also, so is uh, Stephen Irving, who says, I would fine Elmo a week's wages. (laughs) That's uh, an extreme tactic. Well, I don't imagine many footballers would enjoy playing football if they were being fined for mistakes, but yeah, there's not a lot of uh, happiness in the... the, uh, in the comments tonight to be honest uh, if anyone's got any positives by the way and I'll ask you to this same question in a second if anyone's got any positives from tonight that they want to bring into the podcast conversation here's your time to do so Can I there are there any positive? positives yeah yeah go for it
2: Chris Sutton's pun game was on point tonight wasn't it,
0: it, seemed, uh, it seemed, I was going like like was. He was he to ask who was on, on co-com because so he, he really winding me up <laughs> it was very <laughs> annoying
2: It sounded like he was channeling his inner Matt Kendrick or inner Jack Woodward, didn't he? The way he was kind of uh, crucifying some of those puns, which, you know, gave us a bit of light relief on Twitter, didn't it? When we were knocking about the old Barclay card
0: puns. Yeah, true. That, that, to be fair, that one was quite good. Um, something about Villa played their barky card. I was like, oh, "That's peak Matt Kendrick. That is um, <laughs> <laughs> absolute peak." Oh, someone just said that Bark is only on loan. We could have made a bank loan reference about Bark oh, as well. We've we
2: missed the trip
0: there, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. Uh, Saab Blue says there are no positives. Stand with a capital N O. Um, is that fair, James? No positives whatsoever there.
1: I mean, Jacob Ramsey looks like a Premier League player which is nice. So I think that's a positive, you know, started a few games now, looks apart, not tearing the world away, but I guess if I was to really dig for a positive, it might be that an Academy graduate is looking like a Premier League player, which is always nice. So it's just shame the context, of course, but yeah, um, positive's you and fell between. I'm not going to kind of try and pull the wool over anyone's eyes by trying to dig for positives in that. They're looking create mm. chances, I just can't finish them, which I guess is uh, really frustrating, especially in the past few games.
0: Do you think if we'd ever had Grealish tonight, we'd have won? That's a stupid hypothetical question, but we may have chances. probably scored.
1: Better I think we'd chance we scored.
2: Um, what? What? It, it was how it looked to me was like um, analogy time. Oh, you
0: know,
2: God. you go you go bowling at not Dan Dan Castle Gates by the cinema at the back of yeah, the, zoo. All the
0: time. Yeah, all you the know time.
2: if you're going if you're going temping bowling, you're deliberately trying to hit that first middle pin and knock them, spread them that way. Up. Well, you might have a different tactic, but you want to hit the pins, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's like Villa's delivery was like that. Why don't you try and kind of play down the <laughs> I know in bowling you don't play down the channels, you don't play <laughs> this doesn't down the channel. <laughs> but it was, it was like you've got these big red, red and white stripey things, and Villa just kept directing the ball at it all the time, all the time, and there, there was no variation, it was just so so predictable. And I yeah. think Jack Grealish being on the pitch would have changed the angles of some of the crosses. I think he he would have got behind the the Sheffield United defence a little bit more rather than them being queued up, regimented on the edge of the box, equipped to head everything away. So I think it was just Villa lack that little bit, well, stating the obvious, lack that bit of X factor without Grealish. They don't pull teams apart or pull, pull, you know, pull them into uncomfortable positions often enough, um, which we know that, we know that. Um the one thing that I wanted to, to highlight again, I thought Ollie Watkins did okay again. You know, I think he obviously had the had the opportunity where he, he he's hit the bar. I thought I, th- I think his decision making's good, I think he chases, I think he, he gets hold of the ball. But the the problem was that he's chasing the ball in the channels that when the when the ball's then being delivered back back into the box, he's still on the on the edges of the pitch anyway. So I don't know what they were trying to hit in the box other than ten Sheffield United heads.
0: I've just been reading comments while you are talking there. I don't know what you've actually said. People are <laughs> no, just like... Mean, it, really
2: so, it was so profound. People are going to say,
0: it? you know, yeah. We're at this weird point. This happens every time gonna lose, where it's always that the players that didn't play were the answer. So Barkley should have been on earlier. A few weeks ago, everyone's going to get Barkley off, get him out of the team. Now, all of a sudden, he's the answer. But I think, like you said, James, it's that lack of creativity that he is the next gap, I suppose, to fill Grealish's the Grealish void. You've then got people slagging off Jacob Ramsey saying, he's not done anything, he's nowhere near the level. People slagging off Holly Watkins going, yeah, he can run all he wants, but he doesn't score the goals. It's like, we just need to reset a little bit. As much as I'm very disappointed and frustrated, to throw everything out the window because we've had a, a poor results night is is silly, isn't it? Yeah, I know everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I don't want to slag people off for saying things that I don't agree with, but to just say that, oh, this player's not good enough, this player's not good enough, when they have been, just because they weren't good enough tonight is pointless.
1: Yeah, it's like chucking the baby out of the bathwater isn't it? Like you've had a had a really good season but you you know we can all get blinded by the fact that it's one game at a time we're only watching 90 minutes at a time so a bad 90 minutes is always going to be a bad 90 minutes regardless of the context so yeah, yeah I think I think people are, are right to be unhappy because you know you sit you come home from work and you you, you put the villa on opinion, you know it's a Dean Smith's champagne villa going to Europe everything's been going swimmingly this season playing against Sheffield United bottom of the table you know, in the in the minds of most Villa fans, it would be, and I know football doesn't work like this, but it's a victory. You know, you, you signed, sealed and delivered, you got the points, it's in the bag. And the reality of the situation, judged against the expectations, uh, it's hard to digest, even though it might not be that realistic for Villa to just on paper beat a team that are that 20th. But, you know, regardless, I think people are right to be frustrated. And that shouldn't take away from how brilliant the season has been as a whole. But, it's, it, you know, one step at a time, it can be hard to take. It's like, yeah. you know, Leicester was, was kind of disappointing to watch and frustrating. Then you play Leeds and then it's it's a quieter performance, but Villa done their job well and everyone's really pleased with it. And you move on to the next step. You know, one step at a time, it, it balances up from really good to frustrating to really good to frustrating. Overall, brilliant, fantastic. But, um, you know, we can only take it well, like one game at a time. And the last
0: one we watched was, uh, of course, frustrating as everyone is uh, piling on and saying. We'll talk about the the penalty for Ali Watkins and Phil Jagger because red cards. Loads of comments saying, "Why don't you mention it? Why don't you mention it?" We'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. I want to talk about the the, the lineup first of all because we talked last game about Dean Smith's tactics, and you have said Matt about you know when we lose, everyone's ta- everyone's going he's nowhere near it tactically. When we win, we go, "Yeah, good good job, Dean Smith." Tonight it does feel like it was one that was nowhere near right. But it's a little bit between a a rock and a hard place for Smith, isn't it, if we lose? Because you're always going to analyse the tactics if you lose. If we'd have won tonight, no one would have said a thing. But you look at it against Leeds that Nakamba and Ramsey was the right decision to play that game. They were going to be energetic in midfield and try and break down what Leeds try and do. Tonight, when you expected that Villa were going to have more of the ball against Sheffield United because they're so poor, Nakamba and Ramsey probably weren't the right choice. Sanson maybe should have started. Is this is this something that we only look at because we've lost, or is it just as as easy just to say that Smith got it wrong tonight? not?
2: I don't. I don't know if it's as simple as that, is it? Because if Villa would have stuck away the chances that we've said, or if they'd have so, trapped the runners, yeah, we'd have trapped the trap the trapped the McGoldrick run. Then, you know what. I that's I what I mean. like- it's, it's,
0: it's almost a pointless discussion, isn't it? Because if we'd have scored one of our chances and stopped their goal, that team that started tonight would have won again consecutively and we'd all have gone, yeah, well done, play the same team. Because you don't you don't change a winning team, do you? That's the that's the problem, isn't it? But in hindsight, you look at it and go, oh, well, maybe if we'd have done this, things would have been different.
2: I think I think those two those two players that you've highlighted, Ramsey and Nakamba, and I said it on after the last game, they deserve to stay in the team on form. Um what you do say is when when they're in the team. Are they going to be the, the creative influences when when you fall a goal behind against you know in an unexpected manner? Probably not. Um, you know I've probably dug out in the canberra amongst amongst another couple for, for switching switching off for the goal, but I don't know. I mean, but what's what? It didn't go according to plan. We didn't expect to be be trailing one 0 against ten men. Could Smith have done anything differently then? How should we have set up differently? Of the options that he's got got on the bench, could he have brought anybody on sooner? Could he have done it in a different way? I'm not convinced he could, if I'm being honest. Um, And I think as much as we've said, Villa's fringe players have stepped up to the plate um, in uh, all season, pretty much. There's no replacement for Jack Grealish. It's as simple as that. And I, I... I still think we should have somebody with a little bit more quality and magic who is probably not Jack Grealish level, but is Jack Grealish light. I don't think we have that player. And we're crying out for Ramsey, not Ramsey, for um, for Barkley to be that player. But, you know, I don't want to defend Dean Smith for the sake of defending Dean Smith. But I wasn't too disappointed that Villa were unchanged when the, no, the, team, when the team sheets came out an hour before kickoff. Uh, and I don't really know. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm no, <laughs> I'm no pub league, pub league manager, let alone Premier League manager. But I don't know what he could have done with what was at his disposal to to change things up. Um, in terms of personnel, I yeah. think I think the I think the tactics were were a bit too predictable. But it was you know that's what Sheffield Sheffield United have got a kind of defence that have kind of earned earned a living from from defending that way. A lot of them have kind of come up through the through the leagues the, the hard way and deal with that. When the ball's been played in front of him like that, they can gobble all that up. So it was Villa not, not turning not not turning that team enough. But again, if they if they sat if they sat on the edge of the box for the last twenty five minutes, how are you supposed to find yeah.
0: any space in behind them? I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate there with my question, really, because someone pointed out there that after the Leeds game, we're all going, the and Rams, you have to start. And I agree that they did have to start, but it's only with hindsight you look back and go, were they the right players for this game? Dean Smith talked about horses for courses and different players for different games. You might now reflect on this and think mm, that maybe they weren't the right choice for this style of game. However, like you said, I don't really know what else we could have done. I think subs maybe could have come earlier. I don't... We seem to be playing it into the box more so than we've ever done before this season. I don't know whether what what the stats actually say, whether I'm just you know my eye test is wrong there, but it feels like we were just pumping balls into the box with no end product. So who was the co-commentator? Chris Sutton, you sir? Yeah. Yeah, he he kind of mentioned, I'll oh, get Keenan Davis on a couple of times, and I'm thinking, is this really going to make much of a difference? And somebody said there, um, you need a goal, you have been going Keenan Davis, what's the point in that? But if you're putting balls into the box, it's an extra body in there, he's got strength, he's got physicality, that's what his job's for. But even that didn't really make a difference. Sanson coming on didn't make a difference. But then they've got 10 minutes or so to change it, and it's not going to work, is it? Surely you make those changes at 50 minutes, 55 minutes.
1: Yeah, I think look, Davis isn't gonna change the world, is he? Um we kinda of know that and we we haven't seen he, he he plays in drips and drabs ever since that kind of starting run he had under under Steve Bruce. Um but we kinda of know what he is. We know he's gonna he's gonna hold the ball up and be a hassle at the very least. Um but he comes on me like ten minutes ago and he has one good ish moment in the game where he kinda of gets that drag back through. I think it was the Barkley, when I think it was a really nice, um, nice move, but the time isn't there. Like Villa, it's a bit hectic. And again, when I said earlier, when Sheffield United made the change when Jackie Alka got sent off, it's almost into instantaneous. Like it was a planning place, and I'm not saying Villa don't have that plan. It's just it it was executed much slower. And I think, you know, with the way Sheffield United were, pretty much five people falling back into that defensive line. You only had one person running at them until Barkley came on, and then you had two, and then guys, and Trower pushed up, then you had your numbers, but. You know, Davis was there, and it, this is why we probably needed a second striker and we couldn't probably get one in January. But why we we needed one is we, we needed that quality and that threat, and we we didn't even have that with Davis, which was a which was a worry. It's like um, we've only got the the plan A when it comes to our strike and it's Ollie Watkins. So without Jack Grealish, the attacking effort really does live and die on Ollie Watkins' shoulders, and uh, you know, it's at least the pressure's there when kind of the pressure's off, almost. If you get what I mean.
2: Mm. I, mean, I think the problem. I think the, sorry, Dan. The, the, the change that he perhaps could have made. Just looking through the, the, the bench, perhaps Trezeguet could have come on because Trezeguet, Trezeguet always gives you the the impression of urgency. Anyway, that he's you know he's, he's desperate to, to make things happen. But I think, listen, I know we're all feeling raw and frustrated, and we've just lost to, to bottom of the league with with ten men. But ten men. In terms of context and perspective, we're promoted at the same time. Sheffield United, and they, bat, they battered us in this fixture. They battered us 2-0. They battered us in this fixture last season. And I know they were the surprise package of the Premier League and, and we we clung on uh, by our fingertips at the end of the season. But if we'd have won that game tonight, we'd have had three times as many points as them. So, you know, we've got to, got to treat it. Treat it in the in the context of the season season so far. We're miles ahead from uh, Sheffield United, and I know we've got kind of richer richer owners, and we're a bigger club, and we we back ourselves to gamble and invest a bit more heavily than this kind of you know this community family club that, that Sheffield United are. So we should be ahead of them. We should be miles ahead of them. And that's not that's not delusions of Grand, grandeur as a Villa fan. That's just the the two clubs' cha- places in in the food chain. But. The, the strides that we've made in comparison, not just to them who've gone backwards, but to a lot of clubs that we've overtaken in the space of 18 months in the Premier League, you know, if if Esri has pulled out a cracking volley and a goalie's got down and saved it, and that's, that's denied us a point. Or if John McGinn's kind of snatched at a chance from from a narrow angle, and that's denied us a point. Or Bernard has turned into John Barnes at the American R but then forgot to, forgot to finish <laughs> um In the closing stages and that 's you know and that 's denied us a point then you know let 's win the next one and let 's get us back up off the floor and back back feeling yeah. high again
1: same message as ever isn 't it
0: does that does all that not make tonight more frustrating though
1: I think it do, it does, but when you look back to last season kind of the, the, the 1-0 wins that Villa are grinding at this season, they wouldn't have had a chance last season. We're a growing team and, you know, the progress is there. But ideally, next season, when you do invest in another stroke and you do have more options to bring off your bench you can change the threat around, that's the type of game next season where, you know, Villa wouldn't have won this season. Next season, they can get a point or even win. You know, hopefully the growth shows there, but it's just, you know, another frustrating kind of 90 minutes to, to endure in the, the current moment, which... In the big picture is the only real moment that matters, isn't it? We're all here to watch and digest, you know, the last match.
0: Yeah. I don't again I'm not sure whether it's a hit at the moment thing, but I'm not sure I'd buy the argument either of you've just put towards me there that, you know, well last season we wouldn't have won, or last season this, last season that. To me that's a little bit similar to when you go, Well, we haven't beat Newcastle for 50-odd years, so we won't beat them again this week. So, well, 50 years, uh, that's, it's it's not recent, isn't it? It's,
1: it's, no, like it's the... a
0: different team. Both sides are very different. To say that last year we would have done this, last year we would have done that. It's all, it doesn't matter. It's what we're doing right now is what counts.
1: Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, in the 90 minutes it was disappointing, as as, as as we've all said at the start. But, you know, I think yeah. we're calming down and having 25 minutes after the match, I can settle a bit more, I think. Uh, no, after, after the direct... Whistle, so you're you, you fuming, it's 10 men again, but haven't got uh got three points, so it is annoying.
0: Someone so just said if James and Matt say, say uh, last season one more time, they're going to strangle the pair of you, so that's good. <laughs>
1: um,
2: what I would say, Dan, is my 13 year old son threw his PlayStation controller at me, uh, in frustration, oh. um, towards the end of the game, so. He he shares your frustration, but he, he is a, a pre prubiescent schoolboy uh who's pro <laughs> who's, who's prone to uh being over emotional, mate. So um, I'll I'll leave that there. Do we want to talk about the um the penalty and
1: the sending off?
0: Yeah. Well, what do you want to do first? Send it off. I don't know. It's
1: funnier.
0: No, I'll do penalty first, get out of the yeah. way. So the Ollie Watkins one is a coming together. Peter Wharton says, uh, the two players sort of sandwiched him together and he goes down. I think it's outside the area anyway. And that's probably why VAR don't check it is the information I've been sent on Twitter. Again, not, not buying that whatsoever. If it's a decision that's wrong, that's what VAR is for. Whether it's in the box or not is irrelevant. But Ollie Watkins goes, goes down. I think Joe Coles is at half time anywhere else on the, on the pitch, that's a foul that he's suggesting it was in the box. But again, I think it was outside going into the box. So it would have been a free kick. It wasn't given. First of all, should have been given. If it is outside the box, it's a free kick. VAR apparently can't check it because it's not in a box, so it's not worth them checking it or something. I don't
1: but, know. It's in the box, do they? Unless yeah, they
0: check it anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's for stupid little things. I think there was a corner that Villa should have had that they the ref thought Mings headed it and the replay showed he didn't. VAR should be stuff for, for things like that. They show the replays instantly. The VAR should be going, oh, actually, that was a, a corner. Retake it, go again. That's what VAR should be used for, not the, the silly intricacies that it is used for. That's a different talking point at, whatsoever. Was it a penalty, yes or no, first of all? Or was it a free kick whatever?
2: It was a foul. Yeah. So yeah. One or the other. I'd have leaned towards a penalty, but then again, I'm sitting in a room that's clear and blue. So... Uh, <laughs> I, might, I, uh, I think it was hurt.
0: outside and the, the momentum's carried them into the box, but it was on the cusp of the box anyway, so... They should have been watching that and checking it, going, was it inside or outside? But if it was outside, the rules suggest that like, they can't give a free kick, I don't think, because they can't interfere with it being a free kick, which is like, just nonsense, isn't it, VAR? I love yeah.
2: I love the fact that because it started outside the box, is used as mitigation. No, I was fouling for a lot longer than that. I was <laughs> yeah. been fouling, I've been fouling consistently for the last 30 seconds, not just for the last five. <laughs> okay, Fair enough, you're forgiven.
0: It's just um, odd, isn't it? A lot of the comments saying, yeah, penalty, 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 all, all agreeing it was a foul at least anyway, whether it was inside the box or not, it's a different matter. But it's not given. And at, at the time, I think, oh, well, it is what it is. But now you look back at it and go, oh, if that was a penalty given, then we potentially scrape a point back tonight. That's even more annoying now.
1: Changes the game completely. So, yeah, I, I think at the very least it was a foul. It would have been a foul anywhere else in the pitch, you know. Was, I, I just don't understand the entire concept of, of VAR. At this point, it just seems like. Hawkeye, we're not allowed to say anything. Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Hawkeye yeah. derby, to be fair, yeah. Uh, um,
0: do you want to talk about the red card as well, then? Yeah, go on then. It was just, funny. I mean, we're, getting, we're approaching half an hour, so we're almost at the end now. So, yeah. whatever, is it? So I, I, watching it. I, so, all uh, right, I've been doing social for Facebook tonight. I've been doing my own tweets as well. Once it was, I can't watch on BT Sports, I'm like a minute behind everybody else on like the app thing on, on my uh, computer. So, I'm a little bit behind. So I've watched it and thought soon before the veil I think even happened, I thought that's a red because it was a, the last man. Doesn't matter. Somebody tweeted me saying, he was 40 yards from goal. It's irrelevant. He'd have got a clean run through at goal if he if he wasn't fouled. So doesn't matter where it is, is it? If you run from you the whole half, you're still through on goal if there's no one around you. So it's first a of all, goal-scoring
2: opportunity, isn't it? So the, the yes, yeah, so mind- I'm
0: thinking, yeah, the, the foul itself, the tackle is a bit a bit nothing. It's not a, a dangerous challenge or anything, and that's why it's a straight red. It's a goal-scoring opportunity. Whether he's miles away from the goal is irrelevant because he had the run at it. Somebody said he didn't have the ball under control. And yeah, but he it's it's how
2: close it. the covering defender is, isn't it? That, that's what yeah, made- he was far
0: away wasn't he? So I look at that straight away and go red card and then I'll check my phone and people are going oh VAR this VAR that and then I watch through and he changes changes his mind Now I think that's the right decision because I thought it was a red anyway and he's given the yellow he spoke to Jag- Jagiel I've seen pictures of him not like, talking in his ear and I'm thinking what is the referee's reasonings for the yellow and then seconds later he's going back to him and going oh actually mate sorry it's, right, it's a red because I've been told this so that, first of all that's weird why isn't the ref not giving it um but yeah, I thought that was a red and I've got nothing against that. But I'll tweet that out saying, oh, I thought it was a red anyway. And people are going, never a foul, never a foul, uh, never a red. If that was against Villa, or if that was for Villa, you'd be going, uh, ridiculous decision. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. If things go against Villa, I'm going to be anti anyway. I'm never going, oh, yeah, great. We're not,
2: we're not impartial on it. You're in the wrong place. Yeah, for, uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not
0: going ever. to be going, oh, yeah, great red card. We fully deserve that. I'm, going to, I'm against every decision that Villa get, whether it's right or wrong. That's just football, isn't it? But I thought, red card, move on. Villa should go on and win now because they're going against ten men against bottom of the league. That's again the frustration.
1: I mean, if you talk about the penalty being given and we scoring that, getting a point and winning. If Jackie Alk stays on, we probably actually go and get a point, and they probably yeah. don't shut down as much. Which it's it's one of them. It's it's again. It's like on the line. It's like so ambiguous and. I mean, in my opinion, I don't know if I, I'm no ref or anything. I don't even know the rule, but, but like the covering defender was. It, I don't know if he was the last man technically because there was a covering defender, and it's ambiguous. Would the covering defender have got there? Don't know. But um, I think the problem with VAR, not necessarily the the foul itself, whether it was a foul at all. It's like the ref when the referee goes to it. It's like you know they're gonna change their mind. Like it's like a tool used just to change their mind. It's like a second guessing tool, which is the annoying thing. Like can't make the judgment there and then, which is to everyone's frustration, really. And again, it goes to the narrative of, you know, Aston Villa against Sheffield United and the decisions made. He had the red card earlier this season, which I actually thought was a red card, uh, and, and this one as well. So every game, every game there's an incident. I thought it was harsh, if
2: I'm yeah. being honest. I think that the, the covering defender did have enough chance to get, get across and, and and make it difficult for him to, to go on to score the goal. Um, I, I do like Phil... It's a joke, yeah. but um, I had a row with his brother once in a pub in Shrewsbury <laughs> because I gave him a, I think I gave him four out of ten for a match he used played <laughs> in their relegation season, and uh, he had to go at me at the player of the season award season award. So, uh, so I've, I haven't got that much sympathy to be honest. That, I mean, not, not that I'm bitter or, or biased or any anything, but uh, now nah, I think like James says, he, he, as strange as it was, he probably played into their hands because it meant that they got a very very. Not, not. I wouldn't say a simple task, but a very clear task, clear objective of just being as solid uh, as possible. There was no expectation on them to to carry an attacking threat anymore. Um, so it probably just, like I said, it just, it's just one of those nights, isn't it, where it just kind of cranks up the frustration on mm. on so many levels. Um, the one, the other thing that I was going to say was. And I'm not trying to, to lay on the mitigation from Villa's point of view too much because it's crap. You lose lose the ten men at the the whipping boys of the Premier League, and it's crap. There's no there's no excusing that. But who would, if you had to name your five best, most consistent Villa players this season, who would they be?
1: Martinez, um, Conza, Watkins, cash. Grealish, and Cash. Oh, yeah. yeah, to be fair, I was going
0: to write them down, but that was Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, Martinez, concert Cash, Watkins, and Grealish. Yeah, and two Target, of those, might
2: Two of those are missing. You know, and I'm not saying that 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 we shouldn't still have a strong enough squad to go there and win that game, but would Matty Cash have been more alert and have stopped that goal going in? Potentially, we can't say for definite, but potentially, would Jack Grealish have varied the play up that those kind of, you know. Two bank, well, one bank of four. Two banks of four. Two one, ba- one bank of ten. That one bank of ten. Put your of fingers Sheffield, out. <laughs> Sheffield United. Ooh, that, that one bank of ten of Sheffield United would have been pulled all over the place if Jack Wilshere was in there. So,
0: isn't that Ross Barker's job though to come on and, and make that difference? We talk about, I, I know so. Grealish is a massive miss and we'll talk about, you can, t- you can say this with any team. We're about to play Wolves. You take Jimenez out of them and they fall apart. Any team that's got a one great player, you take them out, they will be worse for it. Unless you're a Man City, Liverpool or Barcelona or whoever. Any, you take Fernandez out of Man United, whoever it is. Yes, they're going to be poorer for it. I understand that. But surely as a unit, if you got someone like Ross Barker, before the injury, we're all going about, yeah, pay whatever he's, he's great. What, what an addition to this side. He's got a point to prove. Surely he should be coming in on the 70th minute or whatever it is and start pulling those strings that Grealish would have. This is his time to shine. And it's not just him either. Everyone else in that side should be doing better than they were. They should be looking at Jack, not as a missed opportunity to think, oh, we've got no chance without him. It should be like, I'm going to step up and fill his gap.
1: Yeah, but I think the real reason to blame for the loss is actually just come up in our comments from Matthew Hastelo, who says, or probably Hastelo, who says, every time I buy a Villa kit, we lose. So can you please stop <laughs> buying the Villa kits, mate? <laughs> If that's the reason, then you need to be stopped because it's like a jinx. So I'm always that's like a, if, I, if I ever bet on Villa, I always lose. But I'm,
0: I've just stopped doing it. Stop,
1: yeah, stop doing it. Though
2: I'm going to go and have my tea in a minute, and can I just ask a, <laughs> ask a question? Because I like to go off off topic.
0: Um, Are you not going to answer my group my my Barkley point? Is that no, no, he's, he's going to blow out of the window. Yeah, you can't make yeah. it
1: Ross Barkley, the, the like the season finale of Ross, the Ross Barkley podcast. <laughs> you Can't stick everything on a Barkley card, mate.
2: Um <laughs> I'm having I'm having pork chops. For my tea. And I want to ask this question Do young people eat pork chops?
0: I no, mean, uh, it's my dad's, one of my dad's favourite. And he'll probably be watching this at some point. I don't live at home anymore. So he'll probably, if he's watching this, I want him to text me because we used to have pork chops at home and I hated it. I won't be having that at my new place. Can, if we've
2: got any viewers under the age <laughs> of 30, can you leave a comment and say whether you like pork chops? <laughs> I, think, I think pork chops are, chops are an old man's game.
0: Yeah, to be fair, this is like a good barometer of like how far people get into the podcast, like when they watch it back on YouTube. If someone tweets us, like in a few hours, I'll, I'll just watch the podcast, yes, pork chops, or yes. That means they got <laughs> yeah, 35 through minutes to this nonsense. Bit
1: of gammon, maybe. Mint sauce, everyone's Mint given sauce. A, Yeah, Do you like pork chops,
0: James? Yeah, they're all right. I'd Mint sauce was... is lamb, not pork. <laughs> what's your, um,
2: your favourite way of?
1: <laughs> eating pork how should it be prepared oh, like pork. What, what, are doing, <laughs> what are you doing
0: Matt man I like, pull, and I like pork on like a soft bun if, like barbecue yeah. that's the only way pork or like a stuffing. big roast yeah stuffing Someone that's Owen Delaney sauce. says he's 20 and he loves pork chops
2: oh so, what a man
0: and a man. Uh, kick the bucket says I'm 23 and he loves pork chops so James also says I'm 35 and haven't touched them in years so maybe once you get past 30 you stop eating them no, you start it hard and I've confused myself. Um, this is a perfect opportunity to get out of here, though, because we've t- fallen into a waffle stage once again. 50 people have left in the last minute. Um, so, <laughs> well done, Matt, thank you. It's always good. Um, so, yeah, all the comments are pork-related now. Someone's asking about sausages. Thoughts on sausages, Matt?
2: I like sausage sandwich. If I'm having a sausage sandwich, I have brown sauce. But if it's on a hot dog, it's got to be ketchup or mustard.
0: It well it's different ask. though isn't it because a hot dog isn't really a sausage
1: one of the favourite things I've just said in this channel has occurred on the comments um, everyone's talking about pork and there's one there's one in between it's like uh, where is it don't mention Europe again because the season's unravelling <laughs> and it's just a to of comments about bratwurst and lamb chops. <laughs>
0: Oh, someone's just like. said, "I love the endings of these podcasts that they are about anything other than Villa." Which, yeah, it's probably a good, uh, pretty good thing. Uh, Martyvin says, "Hang on, I've been waiting for the pork chat." And a colleague of ours who's logged into the Villa account has put, "Tune in for Villa reaction and hear about pork chops." And I spelled here wrong. Whoever that is. Oh, thank
2: thank you <laughs>
0: name and shame whoever that is colleague we want to know who can't spell here that's embarrassing get rid of that um yeah let's get out of here thank you very much to you two for for joining me this evening thanks everyone who joined in with the with the chat tonight um food related or otherwise we had 500 people watching at one point and still 427 to be fair so there's still a lot of people interested in our opinions on food maybe we need to do like a food related thing like our favorite food at villa park or something maybe this is our audience that we've got to tap into now um so yeah All done. Thank you very much. We'll be back after Saturday evening uh, to discuss the Wolves game, which isn't a must-win because the season is whatever now, but I I want to win it because we just need to bounce back. Um, uh, We'll possibly have a preview before the Wolves game, but... We'll see if that happens or not. It depends how the schedule goes. But thank you both for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and watching along live with us. If you're watching this on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes after the fact, get involved uh, with comment sections, get involved on Twitter, at Claret Blue Pod. Uh, Leave iTunes reviews, etc, etc, etc. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know how this ends. Thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again in a few days.
2: Up the pork pork Villa.
0: (laughs)